This is the Butterfly Podcast from your friends at Butterfly Foundation. Social media can really affect how we relate to our bodies. Every time we log on, we're exposed to unrealistic body ideals, and it's hard not to draw unhelpful comparisons to our own bodies. We know that body image develops from early childhood, and it's more intensely shaped in late childhood through puberty. This is when body dissatisfaction most often begins. In this episode, we're going to dive into how to use social media and stay positive about your body, especially if you're a young person. At first, it felt quite toxic, and it felt like a competition on who's the most unwell and learning about detailed behaviours and numbers. If people are to post something and someone calls them overweight or too skinny, it would really affect their mental health and how they feel they need to now go about getting a more ideal body. People are feeling more dissatisfied and, and we're having more incidences of disordered eating um, and eating disorders um, in people of all ages. Dispelling the myth that social media is, is truth. Social media platforms are very curated. Friends, parents, teachers and wider society, including social media platforms, can play a role in making or breaking a positive body image. For younger, more impressionable minds, it's easy to get drawn into every post you see. And that makes young people particularly vulnerable. When it comes to maintaining a positive body image, Butterfly has six quick tips that can make a huge difference. I'll go through them as we make our way through the episode. They'll be like little ad breaks, but better. Let's do one now. We'll be right back after this. Ways to be hashtag body positive. Tip number one, focus on what your body can do. Think of the millions of unique things that your body helps you do every single day. a great reminder that you're much more than just the way you look. For more, go to butterfly.org.au. And welcome back. Research tells us that most young people compare themselves to others on social media, and in most cases, they wish they looked like someone they followed. We know that body comparisons um, at the best of times make uh, feeling good in our own body a challenge. Danny Rollins is Butterfly's Prevention Services National Manager. She's a bit like a real-life superhero. Her job is to try to prevent people from developing eating disorders or body image issues in the first place. It's a tough gig, and every day that passes, it gets a little bit tougher. Through the, through the lens of social media, that is definitely intensified um, as a result of having just a far greater platform um, and more access to... I guess, people of all different um, walks of life uh, and the way that they look and the way that they, they live. Um, and that, unfortunately, that body comparison is one of the, the greatest things that is driving some body dissatisfaction in, um, in young people. Hi, my name's Zach and I'm in year 10. I want to be a sports journalist when I leave school. How much of a, a part of your life does social media play? Oh, a big part. It's how I you know, communicate with all my friends. It's where I go to get information. Pretty much, like, I'd say I don't use my phone too much a day, 
but like I, I use it a bit and when I go on my phone um, it's always you know to check social media talk to my mates check what's on Instagram so it plays a big part in terms of um, how much I use it Zach says that he can see the impact that a negative experience on social media can have on his classmates and the impact is huge if people are to post something uh, and someone calls them overweight or too skinny, it really affect in the comment section, it'd really affect like their mental health and how they feel they need to now go about getting a more ideal body. Uh, and then there's also like these really extreme fitness and weight loss things that I feel aren't really for the better. They're just for making money and making people just feel a little bit insecure in their own bodies. An increasing number of young people are either dissatisfied or very dissatisfied with their bodies and more and more are using social media far more frequently. Every time someone logs on to social media, they're exposed to the appearance, beauty and body ideals of celebrities or influencers. The problem is that it's difficult not to start comparing yourself to them. These issues are increasing um, and that people are feeling more dissatisfied and, and we're having more incidences of disordered eating um, and eating disorders um, in people of all ages. And the research is, is confirming this is that the exposure to these ideals and imagery that on, on social media is actually having an adverse effect on, um, on body body image and, and body satisfaction and, and unfortunately um, driving some uh, more serious issues. When I was younger, I remember being bullied, especially over social media, and I felt like I always needed to prove who I was and be likeable. That's Jenna Abasi. She's an Instagram creator and influencer who suffered from anorexia since she was 14. I'd always see people posting their highlights um, and it would make me feel like I was missing out and needed to post like similar things. Um, even like as an adult, social media being filled with like mutual friends, acquaintances, people that probably didn't care about what I was posting because we didn't talk. Um, but like seeing highlights of people you don't really know, it kind of made me feel like I didn't fit in. We'll hear more from Jenna and Zach later in the show, but first let's take a body positivity break. Ways to be hashtag body positive. Tip number two, question what you see in the media. As someone who's worked in the media for 20 years, take it from me, question everything. Next time you see an ideal body, ask yourself what goes into looking that way. The answer is probably a lot of strategically placed tape and crafty camera angles. But even if it's not, how many people do you see in everyday life that look like that? Is it realistic or helpful to compare yourself to that standard? Chances are you're being hugely unfair on yourself and you could be aspiring to standards that are all smoke and mirrors anyway. For more, go to butterfly.org.au. And welcome back. So teenagers comparing themselves to celebrities or influencers who post unrealistic images on social media is a driver of poor body image. But there's a deeper, more concerning trend which is more difficult to spot. 
Uh, it's a downward spiral, I would say. Dr. Suku Sukunason is a mental health researcher and social media expert with Swinburne University. Kids with eating disorder probably turn into social media for support and also to look for uh, like similar people um, where they actually care and share emotionally support. Uh, but then what you find is uh, they might be reinforcing each other and without proper supervision or the right intervention by platforms, uh, you find that they are just triggering each other um, and making themselves even more riskier to eating disorders. I know for me, when I was a part of that community, I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not sick enough because I'm not eating what they're eating. Or what if like, they think I'm suddenly recovered just because I ate this meal out and I'm happy. Um, so it can be toxic like that because I've definitely experienced that side of it. Um, and I'm sure many others do too, because I kind of see the similar things that I was reading and exposed to. So that's very damaging as well. Posting meal plans and numbers and yeah, body image. And sort photos. of comparing, comparing degrees of eating disorder in a, a competitive kind of a way. Definitely, yeah. Like who's who weighs this much and who's in therapy, who's gone to hospital. It kind of feels like I know for me when I posted that I was in hospital when I was a lot younger, like fourteen. I remember feeling like posting about it would be a reward because people would think, oh, she's like the most sickest and it was just very very toxic so I was glad that I had left that um those traits behind they might actually share images uh they might share tips uh what are the techniques that you actually uh what what other techniques that I don't know do you have any ideas so I've seen this sort of discussion going on um and to some extent that there are uh people coaching them or willing to become a buddy or a mentor. Wow. Um, and it's almost like um, sharing services. Wow. So, okay. It's almost like a, a dark web where they use certain hashtags to connect with other people. Yes, you're correct. So um, a lot of discussions um, are coded in that sense. So they use their own uh, type of approach. So you have uh, more codes in this in this uh, sort of tribal commu communication approach. Wow. Uh, but, um, and, and, and hashtags and wording they use uh, starts to move around. Um, and then there's people who who like to offer services, look for these hashtags and then connect to this community. When I was developing my eating disorder, it felt like, wow, this is my new thing. Like, I'm good at this. What can I do next? And it was interesting to see other people's journeys. And it was just, it. I knew it was bad, but it felt so good at the same time because it was self-destructive for me. And I was in the mindset of, well, nothing else is better like I'm not doing good at school nothing else like this is what I have this is all I have kind of thing and it felt bad but good at the same time. Zach says friends of his who are just looking for good health information log on to social media and end up getting what he believes is really bad advice. People I know that are looking to lose weight uh, and then they'll go online to have a look and it's just all the wrong things telling them what to do to be, and it's like this extreme body of being super skinny. It, it's like almost an impossible task and it forces people to eat like really low amounts of food which damages their, their body and 
obviously their mental health as well. So it all seems a little bit dark and gloomy at this point, but it will get better, I promise. This seems like a pretty good point to take a body positivity break. Ways to be hashtag body positive. Tip number three, say thank you. Next time someone gives you a compliment, try saying thank you rather than shrugging it off. If someone says you look great in that outfit, don't say, well, it only cost me $15. Say thank you and acknowledge that they just said you look great. And you know what? You do look great. So take that compliment. Showing gratitude can go a long way to improve how we feel about ourselves. For more, go to butterfly.org.au. So getting back to these really unhealthy behaviour patterns on social media, Danny says it's something Butterfly has been working with social media platforms on, but it's a really difficult thing to police. Late last year, Butterfly teamed up with Instagram to run a campaign aimed at supporting positive use of social media and helping people share their lives in ways that feel comfortable and authentic. It included a series of videos on the platform itself. I love that Instagram's being used to share some really valuable content and educate people about social issues. It was a really successful campaign and it saw some powerful, positive content go live. But while there's more and more beneficial content being created, the negative practices are also bubbling along below the surface. Unfortunately, when a person is vulnerable or if a person is unwell and particularly experiencing an eating disorder, um, some people will actually seek out um, things that will drive their eating disorder behaviour or, um, you know, keep that person in that, that state that is unfortunately really unwell. So we are aware of that. Obviously, something um, something that we need to work continually work with, with the the platform developers and ensuring that there's safeguards and ensuring that there's um, a consideration that, you know, there are these things happening behind the scenes that is actually unfortunately um, really being a barrier to people recovering and becoming well or living a, a more um, healthy life as a result of um, yeah, being stuck in these, these places which do drive these behaviours and, and competitive aspects of, um, of eating disorders. So what can we do to protect kids from this kind of behaviour? Well, Dr Sukhanason says that he's currently in talks with major social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram to help them integrate mental health safeguards. But he says policing the competitive behaviour that we've just described is easier said than done. You said that the platforms need to intervene at some point. Uh, and we know that they intervene in, in you know, political discussions and in many other ways. Is yep. the intervention there when it comes to eating disorders? Uh, I would say, yes, uh, there's been a growing uh, sort of actually uh, steps taken by certain platforms. So some hashtags um, are automatically barred. Uh, but then the problem is um, they are text-based. So, for example... 
we would like to bar the word ABC, uh, what then users start to do is they start to use double A or double B, then it becomes AABC, which still then uh, becomes part of the conversation and still allowed and it's not banned. Yeah. So there needs to be a bit more intelligence yeah. in understanding this. And that's where the eSafety Commission comes in. All of our education and prevention programs around e-safety are focused on the health and well-being or the mental health of all Australians, but particularly young Australians. Cara Webb is a senior advisor with the e-safety commission. But before we hear from Cara, we're going to take another one of our body positivity breaks. We'll be right back. Ways to be hashtag body positive. Tip number four. Unfollow people who make you feel crap about yourself. For a positive news feed, try following people who you admire, who have different interests and different body shapes. A little bit of careful curation and strategic muting or blocking can completely change your social media experience. For more, go to butterfly.org.au. So back to Cara Weber from the eSafety Commission. It's her job to devise ways to educate kids and help them build resilience. We focus on that predominantly through schools and through the types of education that we um, put forward via schools, uh, but also through our messaging and campaigning directly to young people um, and their parents and significant adults that they may work with in their lives. Ara says the Commission is really concerned about these negative competitive behaviours and they're watching them really closely. Is there anything anyone can do about this? Yeah, it's a really great question. One of the challenges that we face is that so much of the content that gets hosted or posted um, happens overseas. So you're dealing, dealing with cross-jurisdictional issues. Um, it's not as easy as regulating globally. Um, so we can only kind of focus on content that is produced and uploaded in Australia. So when it comes to young people seeking out certain types of information, again, it comes back to um, giving them the skills to understand that um, it's okay to be curious, but certainly they might find themselves actually entering into spaces that make them feel uncomfortable, or if they are finding their sense of identity by being able to find other people following those same hashtags or um, joining communities that they are, Making sure that they are countering that with um, talking openly or candidly with adults around them about what they're doing, making sure that they've given the skills to actually deconstruct what they're seeing as well. Every second, more than 9,000 posts are published on Twitter. In the space of a day, almost 100 million photos and videos are shared on Instagram. Kara says given the sheer volume of content going out every single day, no platform could be expected to have a team big enough to curate everything. Until we get that huge volume of human human moderators, then we're going to see stuff slip through the cracks. So with AI, trying to identify and automatically remove content that may be related to harmful topics, um, it's very hard for AI to actually read nuance and to necessarily understand a backstory or why certain images or pictures or posts may be um, 
detrimental. Given the sheer enormity of that task, Danny says that it's important we concentrate on the children and helping them build up a resilience or an immunity to some of these dangerous aspects of social media. We absolutely have to help young people to build their resilience and ensure that the experience that they have um, on social media is a really positive one. Um, unfortunately, some, some young people don't realise how the messages and, and the imagery is infiltrating and, and how the internalisation of ideals is actually affecting them. It's kind of like, oh, it's all fun, it's all okay. Um, so we definitely do have to keep building the social media literacy skills in young people. But the platforms absolutely have a responsibility. Um, if they develop the platform, they're in control of the safeguards. So it is about um, basically supporting them um, to ensure that the platforms are safe and do no harm to the people who um, use them. Tosuka Nason is looking for a more long-term approach. He's trying to encourage the social media platforms to employ clinicians themselves to help build in another level of online safety, this time around mental health. And this is where the tricky part comes in. How do you resource this and how do you resource clinicians and how do you train clinicians to support in the cyber psychology uh, warfare, or if I actually call it, if I could. Um, and this is going to be the next five to 10 years, what we're looking okay. at. So let's check in with Jenna and Zach and see if they do anything in particular to look after themselves when they're online. But first, it's time for another body positivity break. Ways to be hashtag body positive. Tip number five, look for the good in other people. Looking for the good in other people creates positive vibes and it can help you focus on your own strengths. You don't have to be overt about it and publicly compliment or thank them, but that's great too. Just appreciate the little things that others do that make you feel good about yourself. For more, go to butterfly.org.au. So back to helping young people build online resilience. Kara says the first step is to teach them what their options are. What we really need to continue to do is really help young people to understand that there's no shame in reporting or seeking support. So when it comes to removal of content, for example, around, um, I guess, eating disorders, often the stuff that we have removed, which could be deemed as harmful or offensive to a young person or potentially damaging, has come as a result of bullying that's occurred after those images have appeared. So we're dealing with an issue where you've got young people who may be posting that against uh, with, into communities. It's later on when those images are used against them in a form of bullying that we are then able to remove that content. So once a young person has reported to us that they are being seriously harassed, intimidated or abused, and often it's through images, then we can actually work to have that stuff taken down. So two things there. We, We need to make sure that young people understand that the stuff that they post can doesn't necessarily leave the internet and can be used adversely down the track. Once a line is crossed, then you can take decisive action. But up until then, it's about educating and 
putting in some processes that might help people to navigate that safely. That's exactly, that's why you're a journalist and I'm not, you should speak so eloquently. <laughs> um, you know, that's exactly it. So we, un, all we can do, like young people are going to make mistakes and they're going to um, do things that perhaps have put themselves at potential risk. We need to also make sure that if a mistake has been made or a, a person has made the wrong choice, that they know that we help them to understand that they're not the sum of their choice, that we can continue to move on and grow from our mistakes. Um, and that if, like, if we get a young person to the point where they're actually removing themselves from like-minded communities or unsafe communities, that we're actually replacing that with um, other communities where they feel a very genuine sense of belonging. Because unless you do that, they're going to be reluctant to actually remove themselves from communities that are making them them feel good or making them feel seen in a certain way, whether it is negatively or positively. So going back to Zach, who's on the ground and would be on the receiving end of a lot of these campaigns, he says a lot of the work by Butterfly and the eSafety Commission and other national bodies are really starting to work. It's a topic that I feel people are becoming more aware of with the more campaigns and things that are put out there. But A lot of people are still blind to the fact that these marketing ploys or these like hateful comments aren't normal and they shouldn't be following them because it's not within their best interest. A lot of people are still blind to that. Um, And it's not really within anyone I know. People, mostly people I know are pretty aware, but you see stuff on Instagram uh, or like Snapchat and you can definitely see that there is a sense of blindness around the topic. Danny Rowland says there's a pretty simple way to tell whether or not your social media experience is healthy or not. It's as simple as asking yourself, is this still fun? It's okay to have fun with these platforms, but if it's no longer fun then and or if you're struggling with with what you're seeing or you're not liking the feelings that you're having and it might not be to a celebrity or an influencer, it might be to a friend or another family member that that you have that window into into their life and, and what they're posting, is that actually to to action that um, and to seek support if, if it is becoming all-consuming. And if you are thinking of that the way you look or that your body is not right, you know, that's the stuff that you need support with because your body's not the problem. The way you look is not the problem. Um, and, and, you know, engaging in healthy and, and positive behaviours is, is what will help you to feel good in your body. And I think that's, um, that's really important. Jenna says that she's now in recovery and she's found a nice, happy place in her social media world. So I told myself that I want to be completely authentic and that I don't care what people say, even if they don't accept, if they don't like or follow, because I'll know I'll be writing my truth and my story and adding value to the world. So those who um, stay will feel genuine and I'll feel grateful. So I started a YouTube. Um, I was making little vlogs and videoing my recovery journey and just writing and using art as well. So that's what I basically do now. I just write about how I discovered parts of myself and how I was letting go of my eating disorder and how I work through anxiety and trauma healing. So how is Zach, who's in grade 10, managing his social media experience? Well, for him, it's all about choosing very carefully who he follows. I love my team sports. that I So I play footy in the winter and cricket in the summer. Uh, and then I to look after myself, it's mostly just preparing for those seasons uh but in the best way 
that I where I enjoy it, but also um, feel like I'm getting something out of it. That seems like a pretty good place to wrap things up, but we do have one more body positivity break to take. So here it is. Ways to be hashtag body positive. Tip number six, hang with positive people. Surround yourself with people who get you and encourage you to feel confident. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think I heard that in a TED Talk once. Whether it's in real life or online, find your network and let them help you feel better about yourself. For more, go to butterfly.org.au. If you want some help staying positive on social media, there's lots of resources to help you at Butterfly's website, butterfly.org.au. You'll find more on those body positivity tips as well as some great toolkits from Instagram produced for the Whole Me campaign for both parents and for young people. And now there's some new Love Your Body Week resources for schools and families. To talk about body image and eating disorders, the Butterfly National Helpline has counsellors who know the pressures that young people face. They're committed to providing free, confidential, non-judgmental counselling. The number to call is 1-800-334673. That's 1-800-ED-HOPE. You can also chat online or email support at butterfly.org.au. To contact the eSafety Commission, Cara has the details. Uh, they should go to eSafety.gov.au. Uh, there's various sections on the website that will help them with different issues and there's also areas to report inappropriate or abusive behaviours. If you want to talk about anything we've raised in this podcast, please reach out. If you haven't deleted your social media accounts after listening to this, jump on your favourite platform and get in touch. You can find all the links for the Butterfly Foundation at butterfly.org.au. You can look me up. I'm Sam underscore Icon on Twitter. And if you like the Butterfly podcast, please tell someone that you think might like it. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Butterfly podcast is an Icon Media production for Butterfly Foundation. It's written, produced, edited, and hosted by me, Sam Iken. But I do have a lot of help from Camilla Beckett, Mitch Doyle, and Belinda Kurslake. The theme music is from Cody Martin, the additional music from Breakmaster Cylinder. Thanks to Dr. Suku Sukunisan, Kara Weber, Danny Rowlands, Jenna Abasi, and Zach. <laughs>